We are Tuesday, and on Tuesdays, we analyze the lyric. And the lyric we will be analyzing today comes from our friends Dr. Hook. On the cover of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to be looking at. I'm going to kind of check out the background, a bit of context of the song, where it comes from, and then we'll open up the lyrics together and run down the lyrics and uh, have ourselves a conversation about that. Dr. Hook, Rolling Stone. Huh? Yeah. Stefan Maya with you, AddedSouls.com, the early morning or the early bird podcast session, whichever way, whatever you want to call it. Here we are in the AM on the east coast of Canada, right? You can certainly... Uh, subscribe to the channel. Please do so. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment if you have any uh, thing you want to share or memory you want to share about the song or the band, or perhaps you have suggestions uh, of uh, a song you'd like for us to cover up, to cover and uh, to 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 analyze, if you will, in the coming Tuesdays ahead. Lord willing, uh, all that kind of good stuff. And please consider signing up to AddedSouls.locals. Uh, uh, Dot com. You can sign up there for free and you can support the work there monthly. No amount is too low. No amount is too high. It all goes to the work through the Maya family and the mission we are involved in here with the East Coast Church of Christ. So, yeah, consider doing that, please. Uh, okay, so the cover of the Rolling Stones, right? Dr. Hook. I didn't get into Dr. Hook uh, too early in my life. You know, the earliest stuff I had was what mom and dad had in the record collection, of course. And, um, they may have had Dr. Hook, but I can't remember Dr. Hook. And I think if they had Dr. Hook, I would have remembered Dr. Hook. So Dr. Hook came a bit later in my life, probably, ooh, maybe late twenties. I'd like to say along, maybe mid to late. It's not that I didn't know that they existed. It's not that I didn't hear their songs on the radio. It's just, it had not, it wasn't my thing. It just, it had not, struck a chord with me, pun intended, if you will, until, uh, yeah, I think my, my late 20s, if I'm just ballparking the whole, you know, <laughs> experience. But um, I was in an apartment with a roommate, and he would play the Dr. Hook songs, and we weren't Christians back then, of course, so we'd uh, experience, if you know what I mean, with all kinds of stuff. And uh, listening to some of their songs, I was like, man, this is pretty good. Like, I don't like all of their songs, but there's they've got they've they, they've got some pretty good songs and um it kind of from there evolved if you will the the uh the cover of the rolling stone song evolved to the point where it was just the party song to have where we'd all sing it together as we were of course drinking ourselves into oblivion but it was one of those songs that you could memorize the words and it was fun to sing and it was a party favor so it kind of grew in our life uh and the various memories and and things along those lines until this day still in a great many of my um uh, music playlist uh i'll add some 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 dr hook and i'll add that song along with various others that you may know and that we might analyze in the coming year um sylvia's mother right uh sexy eyes uh what else well if you know a few more and i know there are a few more because i have them in my playlist but if you know a few more by all means you can drop them in the comment section there so let me open up uh we typically go to a few places when it comes to the background of the song 
where it comes from, why it was written. You can go to songfacts.com. That's where we're, we are today for this session. Read some information there. There is a few other locations. I think americansongwriter.com may be another location, wherever. These locations, of course, is an expedient to show us the various books that may have been written about the song or the band or uh, interviews that may have been done, you know, kind of just to give us some some background, some some context. Like why on earth would a band called Dr. Hook write a song called Rolling Stone? And we, you know, if you were uh, like me, <laughs> a 70s child, uh, you'll know that the Rolling Stone magazine was the, man, it was the deal. It's what, it's what you wanted in your hands. It was just trying, you know, you wanted to keep up with what was going on in the rock and roll, rock and roll world and stuff like that. And uh, had captivating articles and spoke about this, that, and the other. And uh, Dr. Hook make us, made a song about that, if you will. But did they write the song? Well, interestingly enough, let's read about what's taking place in there from songfacts.com. This was written by Shel Silverstein. The Rolling Stones song from Dr. Hook. The cover of The Rolling Stones, right? It was written by an individual called Shel Silverstein. Stein? Silverstein or Silverstein? I don't know. Silverstein, maybe? A best-selling author of children's poems. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? A best-selling author of children's poems who was also a contributor to Playboy magazine and writer of many country hits. I want you to see... <laughs> You'd be uh, probably surprised... Uh, at how many uh, contributing writers, if you will, or authors, article writers, and things of that nature, who would write for children, but yet also write for Playboy or Hustler. Yeah, maybe there's something, I don't know, I, I don't want to like become the conspiracy theorist, you know, but maybe there's something in there, some seeds of insight as to why today, well, we want Drag Queen Hour in our libraries for the children. Maybe there's like some kind of a mixing of the streams that came about where, uh, you know, all of this was for a corrupt agenda. I don't know. Anyways. So uh, let's keep reading here. He was a contributor for uh, Playboy magazine and writer of many country hits, including A Boy Named Sue. You know where that comes from, doesn't it? His books include include Where the Sidewalk Ends, Giraffe, and The Giving Tree. I don't know those. Maybe you do. Silverstein, or Silverstein, I think it's Silverstein. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, also wrote Dr. Hook's first hit. Sylvia's mother said. Right? Sylvia's mother. Interesting. This here writer, Shel Silverstein, wrote... On the cover of the Rolling Stone and Sylvia's mother. I always thought it was Dr. Hook. I mean, you know, they sang it, they perform it. It must be them who wrote it. No. Welcome to the business world of music, where you're not necessarily the one who creates, you're just the one who performs. But uh, a good performer with uh, a good writer, managed by some people who care about the music, well, you have yourself shelf life material. It'll never go out of style. There'll always be someone buying a Dr. Hook song, you know, that kind of thing. So the, the article continues and says, this song is a parody of the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, I can see how that plays out that way for sure. It pokes fun at all the things that rock stars indulge in when they're successful. 
such as groupies. You know what that means? Yeah, that just means women who um, give their bodies, let's say, to <laughs> rock and roll stars in order to just say, I've slept with a rock and roll star. Okay, so groupies, shady characters hanging around, right? You got like this criminal element around. The entourage of these people. Back then, of course, more so the, the the biker element, you know. You could have individuals of the Hells Angels persuasion uh, in the entourage of the band, you know. We, we, we commonly think perhaps going back to the Rolling Stones concert and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you know, rock and roll stars hung around drug dealers and people who were criminals. People like me in my past life, you know. We had celebrities. We had people who were in the public eye in our circles. Why? Because we had the drugs and the women and the party and all that kind of stuff. So you're going to find that in rock and roll groups. Uh, it just is what it is. So uh, limousine rides and all that kind of stuff. It also makes me think of Joe Walsh's uh, um, Life's Been Good to Me, right? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that song, actually. That's a song I've been wanting to do and analyze as well, Joe Walsh's... Uh, song there but anyways okay back to the article the group had a funny side and a serious side yeah you know if you've seen them you probably understand that to be true but it was the funny side that came out on stage and framed their image the pirate theme added to the novelty of the group originally known as the chocolate papers papers p-a-p-e-r-s papers the chocolate papers eh, interesting and they took on the name dr hook and the medicine show after the character in Peter Pan, which also played up the eye patch worn by their singer, Ray Sawyer, who many people assumed was Dr. Hook. Like, that's the dude. That's why they call themselves Dr. Hook, because there he is, you know. <laughs> well, Sawyer wore the eye patch as a result of a car accident. So the group made the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine on March 29th, 1973. Three months after their song was released, or after this song was released, the cover of the Rolling Stones. Three months after that. So the next, uh, sorry, the text next to their picture in this magazine read, quote, What's their names? Make the cover. <laughs> uh, the song was great uh, publicity, obviously, for Rolling Stone magazine, which was only five years old. So they were still building. Now, the group made the cover of Rolling Stone magazine on uh, that date. And, uh, of course, this was kind of set in stone, pun intended. For the story, reporter Jim Cahill, 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 follow Cahill, Cahill, okay, followed the band on tour, portraying them accurately as a ragtag band of misfits who were uh, making it up as they went along. And you kind of get that impression when you see them. <laughs> you can, of course, now today go to the many canals of YouTube's uh, rabbit holes and uh, find them performing live or their music videos and stuff like that. You kind of get that impression from them as well, right? So early stage shows for the band were a bowdy affair. Body, body, bowdy, okay. Affair with a lot of improvisations and revelry. Dr. Hook singer-slash-guitarist Dennis LeCourier never took a stage name, which made it tough on journalists before there was Google, right? In the Rolling Stone article, they spelled his name wrong. Uh-oh. 
Mitch Myers, who is Shel Silverstein's nephew and wrote the book Silverstein's or Silverstein's Around the World Told Song Facts. Quoting now, I think that he was already hanging with Dr. Hook when he did it, but if he didn't, he had been around musicians and he understood what people wanted. And he understood how every musician's dream was to be a star, to be a big star, to be on the cover of a big magazine and what magazine epitomized music, right? And Shell lampooned the whole rock and roll lifestyle in that groupies and Indian gurus at the time. The Beatles and everybody, Donovan and all those people who were wearing Indian garb and going to see Maharashi, Mahesh, Yoga, Yogi, and coming back supposedly enlightened, or not. Um, and everybody was still hustling, uh, well, uh, or and everybody was still hustling, was all hustle. I'm not saying that anyone was insincere. I'm just saying that you can see people for what they are. And he did that and made it funny too. Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show became such a prolific in interpreters of Shell's material for some reasons which would completely include their sense of humor. They were just a bar band from New Jersey as much as Columbia Records tried to make them some crazy Cajun band that came out of the swamps. I mean, Ray Sawyer was from the South. Maybe one or two of the other guys. Uh, but they were just a bar band and were blessed with two great singers. Both Ray and Dennis had fantastic voices. Dennis was the one that was a little raspier and rougher and similar to Shell's in grit. And Ray was a little bit more lascivious and a little bit more playful. And the chemistry between the two of them, although it did not last forever, was a perfect foil for Shell to use. And if it was a sweet love song, you know, Dennis might just do something very straightforward. Like, I Can't Touch the Sun for You, off the first record. And not all their songs were novelty. And not all their songs were humorous. And not all their performances were gimmicky. But they also were not afraid to go over to Europe and perform on stage and get naked. <laughs> you know, uh, today that would be the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, version. I mean, they were just a bunch of maniacs. Yeah, it's the rock and roll, rock and, rock and roll world of Hollywoodism, right? The deep voice section in the song, I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine Katie, right? Remember that part? Was done by Dr. Hook guitarist George Cummings, who would put a bandana over the microphone when he performed it on stage. This muffled his voice a bit and was also more sanitary. Interesting, isn't it? Okay, this was featured, it says, of the song in the 2000 movie Almost Famous, to which I really liked. I had it in my catalog. I, th I think I still do. Almost Famous as a, a, a movie. I thought it was pretty cool how they dove deep into this kind of rock and roll realm where they're trying to make it big and famous. And it kind of, there's a lot of memories there. And the soundtrack is awesome. You know, uh, from Elton John's Tiny Dancer to, yeah, the cover of The Rolling Stone from Dr. Hook and, and many other memorable songs. You got some Cat Stevens in there. It's just, it's a, it's a wild ride. Uh, but it's it's a true ride, and uh, I enjoyed that film greatly. I haven't watched it. I mean, it's probably been 15, 20 years, but yeah. 
So uh, the band uh, he is writing about in this movie, Almost Famous, sings this when they find out they made the cover. The director, Cameron Crowe, was once a reporter for Rolling Stone, so there's kind of a connection there, right? Now, the BBC, the British Broadcast Channel, or I think that's what it's called, the BBC refused to play this uh, song because it violated their rules stating that songs could not mention trademarked products by brand name. Like the Kinks had to change Coca-Cola to Cherry Cola in their song Lola to get around the rule. Uh, CBS records responded by uh, CBS records responded by setting up a phone line that would play the song to anyone willing to dial in, which helped build the buzz. Of course, the BBC was able to play the song only after some of their DJs edited themselves shouting the words "Radio Times" over Rolling Stones. <laughs> Radio Times is a magazine published by the BBC. Okay, rumor was that Dr. Hook recorded the Radio Times version, but they never had to. It just never happened. And of course, that concludes the article. Just a brief kind of context and platform to the song and, and the band and what took place there while they wrote it and performed it and, and all that kind of good stuff over at songfacts.com. So we want to open up the lyric now and kind of have ourselves a discussion about what's taking place, if that's okay, as we've been doing, right? Let me see here. All right, where are you? There you go. There you be. There she blows. Okay, let me see if I can put this on the screen again. Yeah. Rock and roll. Here we go. Uh, let me put it there. Let me shrink that a bit so we can all see the lyric. All right. We can. Cover of the Rolling Stone. There it is. On the cover of the Rolling Stone. So they're talking at the beginning. Ha, 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 ha. They're laughing. I don't believe it. Da, da, ah, uh, ah. Uh, don't touch it. Hey, Ray, hey, Sugar, tell them who we are. <laughs> well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers and we're loved everywhere we go. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth at $10,000 a show. We take all kind of pills that give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we've never known is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, want to see my picture on the cover? And this is what's taking place in the lyric that was written by Mr. What was his name again? Silverstein, Silverstein. And he got this image, of course, by hanging around with musicians and seeing the rock and roll lifestyle and those who were trying to have their claim to fame. And uh, he's writing a humorous perspective to it because, I mean... Why not? This is what they were doing back then. <laughs> so let's just uh, make a song about that. But there is truth to the humor. Like, it's not because it's not true. It's not a fable. This is really what they were looking for. This is what they wanted to live like. This is what they uh, were trying to identify themselves as. So the humor has a reference point of truth. Well, we're big rock singers. And what do you have? What can you do with with that title? Well, if you are a big rock singer, hopefully you've got the money to back it up. And if you have the money to back it up, well, you're gonna you're gonna show it with what? Well, big golden fingers, of course, jewelry. If we're big rock singers, we got the jewelry to match it. And we we know these celebrity types, these rock and roll types, most certainly do. More so now in the genre of hip hop music. It kind of was uh, uh, came along with the with, with that musical uh, uh, theme, if you will, the hip hop world. I mean, Run DMC, the bo the big gold rope 
uh, chains. Remember that? Then it went to the it went from the rope to the Cuban, and now everything's so icy, so icy. Well, this is the realm of the mu the 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 the, the famous rock star, right? Golden fingers, and we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. Of course, in parentheses, you've got this back and forth, like if they're talking to each other and they're making this real to the listener. We're loved everywhere we go. People want, you know, people scream to see us. We're like the Beatles. We're famous. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show, you want us to go there? You want us to perform to in your community, in your city, in your town? going to cost you $10,000 to do so. I mean, how else are we going to eat over here? There's a reason we have golden fingers. We get golden fingers by charging y'all for the art that we're performing. And uh, that makes sense, doesn't it? We take all kinds of pills that gave us all that give us all kinds of thrills. I don't know, LSD, speed, whatever. Hydromorphones, Dilatas, Perks, Oxycontins, <laughs> whatever pill was being popped back then. Uh, was taking place because, well, we're rock and roll stars. We're making a whole bunch of money. We're, uh, you know, crazy. And to add to the crazy, we take the drugs. And sometimes you think, does the music craft the drug they take? Or is it the drug they take that crafts the music? Uh, who knows? We musicians have asked that question from the very beginning. I think, I think we take the drugs. And because we take the drugs... It opens up our minds to this strange world. And in this strange world, there are strange worldviews. And then we write stuff about it. Eh, who knows? Okay. But the thrill we've never known. So here we are. We're famous. Making all kinds of money. Got all kinds of jewelry. Everyone wants to see us. We're popping all kinds of pills. We're getting high. Uh, but there's one thing missing here. There's a, there's something missing. The thrill we've never known. Thrill, ACDC, shoot the thrill, play to kill. Too many women with too many pills. Yeah, we'll do that one too. So we take all the we take all kinds of pills that give us all kinds of thrills. But the thrill we've never known is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture. On the cover of the Rolling Stone. You know you've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we may be famous. We may have all the jewelry and the money and, and, and all the drugs you, that one could have. But there's still missing something. You know you've not made it yet. Still. At the pinnacle of the rock and roll gods. Until you've had your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stones. Because the Rolling Stone magazine was the staple if you've made it, you're on the cover of the Rolling Stones. You can go down in history now as a band or a performer that will never, never expire. You've reached infinity, right, in their minds. Okay, so the thrill we've never known is the thrill that I get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. This is what we want to have. Want to see my picture on the cover? Want to buy five copies for my mother? Want to see my smiling face on the cover of the Rolling Stone? So this is his, you know, <laughs> his covetousness. This is his uh, pursuit of happiness in life. 
This is his purpose. I have to have my face on the cover of the Rolling Stones. This is what a rock and roll star does. And of course, this is the parody. This is them uh, taking what the rock and roll individual wants to do and wants to have and kind of just humorously portraying it. But it's true. It's true and it's real. This is what they do. There are many artists out there where, and, and here, here's where I peruse the landscape. I'm in the streets. I'm in the streets because I want true talent. I want people who make the music because they know the music is what they love. It's not the dollar. Making the money is just a, I don't know, blessing, I guess, that comes from, make, from having the talent to create good music. That's where you'll find me. I'm in the underground. I'm the guy that finds someone in the underground and says, this person, this band, they've got it. They've got the mojo. They've got the magic. Let's pray they don't sell out. And when I mean sell out, I don't mean allow themselves to make a lot of money. Hey, dude, if people want to buy your stuff, let them buy your stuff. Just don't sell out. And of course, this song is kind of like the sellout, which is humorous. That's the humor of the parody. But it's true because this is what they were striving to have. Uh, but... I tend to be more in the underground. It doesn't matter which genre of music I like, whether it be country, hip-hop, uh, rock and roll, metal, whatever it is, whatever department of music, I'm typically not the guy that's going to pick out the, the, the biggest pop star in our current culture because it's all trash. It's all fake, really. But sometimes you'll find someone deep down in there in the underground that has true, real talent, and they make it to stardom. And some of them, they keep themselves level with it, and they, they remain humble. But most just lose their minds and go completely nuts. Uh, especially now, in the age of the woke left and all this complete ridiculous nonsense. You know, it's just... It's, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But anyways, so <clears throat> I want to see my picture on the cover of the Rolling Stones. I want to buy five copies for my mother. I want to have all of it. Give it all to me. And then the second part here continues and it says, uh, well, the deep voice, right? I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine Katie who embroiders on my jeans. I got my poor old gray-haired daddy driving my limousine. Now let's all designed to blow our minds, but our minds won't re really be blown. Like the blow that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of humorous. It, it certainly is. But it, it's to the lifestyle of the rock and roll fame. I got a freaky old old lady named a cocaine Katie. They're popping pills. They're sniffing cocaine. Ooh, yeah. Rock and roll, man. They're fully going towards it. And in this, of course, 70s era and what was taking place with the clothing they were wearing and the drugs they were taking and the music they were creating. It, it all is certainly poetic to the parody that's taking place here in a, in a humorous tone, yet still, again, there's truth there. So I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine Katie who embroiders on my jeans. The groupie, perhaps? I got my poor old gray-haired daddy. I even got family over here driving me around in a limousine. I bought my parents a limousine. They're driving me around. Now, it's all designed. All of this happened, all of this taking place here, it's all designed to blow our minds. But our minds won't really be blown. Like, we got all of this. We got all this money. We got all this fame. We got these groupies. We got all these drugs. But they're still missing something. 
We're missing a thrill and we're missing our minds being blown by something. What's that? Like the blow that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stones. We may be taking some okay drugs, but once we get our picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone, our cocaine quality <laughs> will go from okay to the best you can't have. As pure as the driven snow, you know, it'll be the best drug imaginable, the, the biggest high you can have. To do what? To have what? Well, to reach the pinnacle, to say, I have achieved success. I am rich and famous, and everyone idolizes me and bow down to me and buys my records. That's the kind of blow, that's the kind of thrill I'm looking for, to have my face on the cover of the Rolling Stones. Want to see our picture on the cover? Want to buy five copies for my our mothers? Want to see my smiling face on the cover of the Rolling Stones? That's what they're seeking to achieve. This is, of course, the mind of a great many in the world. Now, you and I, through the Christian lens, uh, have left that worldview behind, obviously. We don't endeavor to be rich and famous and doing all kinds of drugs and having our face on the cover of the Rolling Stones because we have come to be educated knowing that all of that is just vain. It's just idolatry in one form or another, I suppose. It's just idol. It has... It, it it doesn't build any spiritual depth or understanding or worth or purpose in life. You're going to live fast, rock and roll star, and die and be eternally lost. You know, that's that's pretty much all it has to offer. And there is pleasure in sin, and they're having fun. And in my past life, we had a whole bunch of fun living exactly like this song is speaking. But the end result was divorces... Riots, chaos, division, death. Nothing good at all. <clears throat> Just sorrow, pain, devastation. That's all this lifestyle brings. <clears throat> now we can be mature enough and balanced enough as Christians to read this lyric or hear the song on the radio or have a conscience that is strong enough to, to recognize really what's going on with it but not to allow it to damage us or to persuade us into following that kind of a path in life. Some do. There's no way around that. We try to convince them not to, but they're going to do it anyways. It just is what it is. <laughs> Noah spent 100 years telling people, don't do that. There's a flood coming. Judgment is coming. Please get on the boat with us. Repent, you know. No, no, we're not going to have it. Well, he didn't seclude himself under a rock. No, he had to live among them. He had to be cautious in such a violent era he lived in. But, I mean, again, we're, we're, we are not in fellowship with the world. We don't do what they do anymore. We're Gentiles who have converted to Christianity. But that don't mean we don't live on this earth among them, that we don't love them, that we don't care for them, that we don't try to reach them, that we don't try to say, hey, listen— I lived those lyrics. I've tried that out as a model in life, and guess what? It don't end up very well at all. It actually ends up in death. Maybe we should, you know, change course. <laughs> but anyways, it continues. Want to see my picture on the cover of the Rolling Stones, blah, 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 blah. And it kind of just repeats itself from, 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 from there on out, speaking about this lifestyle that they, they covet, you know, that they, they, they seek to, 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 to have, right? And um, 
<clears throat> yeah, that that's that's about the gist of it. That's about the gist of it. A great many uh, in the rock and roll world, that's exactly how they live. That's what they do. And so the writer of the song and this band was the perfect band for it. It's kind of like the perfect storm, if you will. All the right elements at the right time. You know? <laughs> the constellations, the stars lined up properly. And uh, this song was born. And I do believe that the devil writes. You know, the devil's providence is well and alive. He sets things up to his greater uh, agenda, for sure. You can't escape it. It's here in this world. You see it, you hear it, you view it. Uh, and uh, sometimes that's just how that works. We Christians have to be strong enough, of course, to understand it's a song written by the world for the world, and that's what they do. We try to reach them. We try to analyze these lyrics, these songs or movies or whatever the world creates, and we break it down, and uh, we speak about it in this way. And we reach people. I know a great many of you may not be subscribed to Christianity, but you find this interesting nonetheless. Because you know there's, a, there's something in there that makes sense with it, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. For sure. I know there are many of you in this community where I work, where I create this content, that you view these, these analyzing the lyrics. Because it, it, it's fun. It's interesting. And it's also challenging to us to kind of look in the mirror and be like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> we did try those things, didn't we? We tried the whole fornicating, adultery, and uh, drugs, and uh, all that stuff. And it didn't, you know, for those starting that kind of lifestyle, oh, it's fun. Oh, it's so adventurous and risque and taboo, and it's just so much fun. But for those of us who have been into it for 20 years, we're like, oh, <laughs> we got that fake laugh. <laughs> Yay, we get to do more drugs today. <laughs> now that, you know, it's destroyed families and communities. Yeah, it's no good. The Christian worldview, the Christian way of life is the best way. It's the best model. I've tried all the other ones. Some of you may have tried all the other ones too. And Dr. Hook tried all of those too. Sadly, most just don't wake up to it. They're like, well, this is who we are and we better just die this way. You don't want to do that. It's not the best way to go out. It won't, it's not an eternal, uh, an eternal destination you would seek to cultivate any further. Stop it. Change your mind. Change direction. Look back at these songs. I mean, obviously they have memory for me. It brings me back to a great, <laughs> great, great many memories. For instance... Uh, my wedding, our wedding, my wife and I, you know, we had a beautiful place. It was just all the friends came over, you know, and it's just we, we had we had this song play <clears throat> and we were singing the song and it was just quite the night and uh, stuff like that. So you can remember stuff with the songs. Uh, we just don't live out the lyrics. <laughs> we don't live out the lyrics anymore. They're not good for us. It's not good. And it's the cause of a great many sorrows in life. And it separates us from God. The life of the rock and roll star, man, it don't make it. That don't mean you can't be a musician. That don't mean you cannot be a professional musician. I love music. You can be a Christian and love music and play music. Never love music more than God. Never put music between you and God. Don't make it out to be an idol. But if it is your profession, if it is something you want to grow, if it is something you want to make out to be a career, you can do so without becoming a raging lunatic 
within the realm of the entertainment business. You don't need to take the drugs or fornicate. You don't need to. Matter of fact, in the expediency of the digital world, you can sit at the comfort of your own home, create music, and have it for sale online. Really? It's facilitated a uh, utility for all who perhaps are Christians, but don't want to participate in the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, the bars and all that. And I know that's where you make your bones. I mean, I've been in a music band. I've created music. I know the whole deal. It's where you make your bones to, to, to that whole that whole element. But as a Christian, you don't need to go through that sinful process that, well, alienates you from God and uh, destroys your life. You don't need to do that. You can remain within the confines of the digital realm and be successful in today's day and age. Just saying. Something. Food for thought, I guess. All right, friends. Stefan Maia with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. Please consider subscribing, giving us a thumbs up, some comments. Do you have any memories to the song? Is there a song you'd like for us to uh, to analyze in the coming weeks? Stuff like that. Please consider signing up freely to uh, AddedSouls.Locals.com. And once you're there, you can certainly uh, support uh, support us monthly. And you'll have some exclusive content over there, Bible studies and stuff like that. That okay? Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow we will continue in our Bible study uh, because on Wednesdays uh, we have Bible studies and we're going through uh, Genesis. That sound all right with you? Good stuff. Peace out. <laughs>